Welcome to the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. I'm your host, Harriet Blevins. This podcast is designed to empower, educate, and encourage women of all ages and stages of life in their walk with God. Our goal and intent is to provide you with the best content and topics relevant to your lives as Christians. We will have conversations with other leaders all along the way and discuss topics all of us want and need to hear. I'm so happy you're here, and I hope you enjoy the journey with me. Hello, beautiful people. I'm so happy you decided to join me on today's episode of the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. I'm your host, Harriet Blevins, and I hope you enjoy our time together today. As always, I want to thank you for dropping in because I know we are all busy and have a long list of to-dos. So thank you so much for being with us today. My goal and intent for this space is to create a place where women feel empowered to live out their God-given destinies and also to establish a dialogue that is interesting and culturally relevant to our lives today. So if you're new here, welcome. I hope you will always come back for more. So today we are continuing on our journey into necessary endings. I hope you've been able to catch the other two episodes on this topic. We have been going through a book by Dr. Henry Cloud by the same name called Necessary Endings. We've talked about pruning, and then we have covered the issue of normalizing endings. Now this is easier said than done. So this week, we are diving into a few different points Dr. Cloud covers in the book. The first one is, there is a difference between hoping and wishing. The second is how to identify which kind of people deserve your trust. And then the third one is how to create an urgency around the ending to stay energized and motivated for change. So we have a lot of ground to tackle today, so I'm going to get right into it. The first area is to know the difference between what is worth fixing and what should actually end. This is the hoping versus wishing part. The last thing any of us want to do is go through a major ending for no good reason. I mean, that just sounds awful, doesn't it? But likewise, we don't want to hang on to something past its time when we all know it should be over. So we kind of talked about this in the last episode, and I'm saying hoping in air quotes, when in truth, we should, we are really just refusing to look at the reality. You know, we've kind of all done that before, right? It's like, yikes. Like I'm hoping something turns out different, but it's really because we're just to have a refusal of looking at the reality of the situation. So how are we supposed to know the difference? Is there an actual way to know the difference? And I think yes. Um, I believe uh, we will learn from Dr. Cloud that there absolutely is a way to know the difference. There are signs that kind of pop up all along the way. So one of those signs is this. The past is a great predictor. I'm going to say that one again. Your past or the past is a great predictor. So I'm going to ask you some questions. Does this person you're dealing with have a past where they keep their promises? See, if someone hasn't been able to keep their promises in the past, why would they then think all of a sudden they can begin to do so now? If the person has a history of bailing out on past commitments or even paying back debts or loans, 
I would be very, very wary. See, this sign from the past will tell you something. Now, I want to make a note right here. I'm going to interject something to say that I do want to say in plain English that people can change. People can absolutely change. I have changed. And I do believe that many, many times people can change. You just need to decide if you want them to learn about that change on your watch or with your business or resources or even the people that you love in your life. Or is it worth that to you? So Dr. Cloud says it this way. The message here has nothing to do with money. He was kind of talking about a financial thing in the book. He said it has to do with looking at past behavior in the actual areas that count. Promises, commitments, and responsibility. And then seeing what that track record is there. So if you're dealing with someone and you're really, really um, wanting to believe that that person can change, then look at their past behavior. You know, how have they behaved with promises in the past, with commitments that they have made, with responsibilities that they have taken on? See, examining the past now, it could keep you from future pain. And the best predictor of the future is always the past. So many of you might be asking, well, what about hope? You know, at Sisterhood, we talk a lot about hope because, you know, the Bible talks a lot about hope. It actually says that when our hope is deferred, our heart gets sick. And it also says that there is a hope that does not disappoint. So what about hope? Well, in order to have hope in what looks like a possible ending, we are going to have to ask some real questions. So one of them is, what reason is there to have hope that tomorrow is going to be different with this situation that we're looking at? What in the picture is changing that I can believe in? See, hope comes from real objective reasons that the future is actually going to be different than the past. Anything other than that is simply a wish that comes from our desires. Endings are truly necessary when there is no hope. But hope is not a virtue that we want to throw away so easily, is it? I mean, we want to have hope when it's appropriate. So that leads us to the second part. Who deserves my trust? Who deserves your trust? Well, that all depends. We have to ask the question, who am I dealing with? What is this person's character? What is their giftedness? What are the things that make up who this person is? See, character is destiny. That's plain and simple. I'll say it again. Character is destiny. If the person that we are dealing with has great character, then I want you to go ahead right now and get your hopes up because there could be a change coming for that person's future. But if you're dealing with the person who steals the handicapped parking spaces, cheats and lies on their taxes, and never takes back their grocery cart, then the ending may need to come sooner rather than later. And that may sound harsh, but I want you to stay with me. See, we have to be willing to look past what we want or wish to happen and instead look at who we are truly dealing with. I'm going to say that again. 
We have to be willing to look past what we want or wish to happen and instead look at the person who we are truly dealing with. Has this person said, I'm sorry, over and over again and always promises to do better? Do they constantly tell you that this time they're going to get it right? Is this a person that you really want the best for and you believe that they can get it right this time? There are all kinds of scenarios to the story. But my point is, sometimes we wrongly put our hope in some promise, belief, or wish that the person expresses, but what we totally ignore is the clear reality of who they actually are. Now, this is just reality. The future you can expect is usually more of the past. So is the person you're dealing with able to meet the demand of the reality that you're now entrusting to them? You have to ask that question, are they able to meet that demand? See, things may be stalled out right now, but if you can adjust and put the right person at the helm, you can turn it around into a hopeful situation again. Things turn around with the right people. I mean, let's just think about the company Apple, you know, Apple Computers, Apple Technology. When they brought Steve Jobs back to his leadership position, that it wasn't so helpless. I mean, hopeless anymore, was it? Or helpless. <laughs> it wasn't either. So in the book, Dr. Cloud gives us nine reasons to believe in someone's ability to change. So let's just say someone has, has you know, you're working with someone or dealing with someone and they have expressed that they know they need to change. And so, and you're, you, you want to believe in that person's ability to change. Well, here are some nine, nine reasons that we can believe in that. The first one is, there is a verifiable involvement in a proven change process. So are they in a process that you can verify that is in a change right now? Number two, they've added additional structure. So whatever area that they're weak in, that you're needing the change in, they've added additional structure around that. Number three, there is now a monitoring system. So what does that mean? It means there's a way to monitor whether or not said change is happening. Number four, they've picked up some new experiences and skills that they may not have had when they started. Number five, do they have self-sustaining motivation? That's a big one. Number six, do they have an admission of need? Now, another way I would say that is, are they teachable? Are they willing to say, I really need help in this situation, and I know I can't do it in and of myself? Do they admit that? Number seven, is there a presence of support there? Is there a presence that you may be the support, but is there support? Number eight, skilled help. Is that support that is coming alongside said person a skilled helper? And then number nine is some prior or current success. So you're seeing the change that they're implementing um, is beginning to have bits and pieces of success along the way. Or, you know, in the past, this person has been able to turn it around and get going in the right direction. So, you know, through these objectives, you can clearly see whether we are just wishful thinking or if we are truly seeing some reasons for hope. Okay, now on to the third and final point for today. Number three. How do we create an urgency around the ending, and how do we motivate change? Now, I'm going to begin this one by stating again that endings are hard. 
endings are hard. They involve change, and most humans do not enjoy change. We seem to always resist change, even if it's for the good for us personally or for our business. Our brains are just hardwired, and it can resist change very well. But to revisit the statement I made in the first episode about all of this, something must end in order for there to be a new beginning. So what accelerators will get you and I going in the right direction? Well, I think there are two forces, and I'm going to call them forces because that's what they are. Time and energy. Time and energy are the two accelerators we need. See, time is either working for you or it's working against you in terms of your needed ending. If you're stalling at making a necessary ending in your life, then what you are doing is agreeing to more of what you already have or you could be making it worse. If you aren't creating an urgency, an energy of urgency toward the ending, then you will have no movement at all. You have to address this in order to move past the inertia. If I told you to get up and go outside right now, you probably wouldn't do it if you were already in some comfortable spot. But if I said, get up and go outside because the building's on fire, you would quickly make the change necessary, right? So sometimes we need to feel pain in order to get moving, sadly. That's just human nature. The same thing happens when it's a positive, too. I mean, some of us really like our grocery stores, right? We know where everything is. We even know where we park when we pull into the parking lot, right? It's a good experience for us. It's, it's a comfortable experience. We know where we park. We know where the carts are. We go inside. We know where, how the store is laid out. We know how that whole situation is going to go. And you know, the reason we like it and we think it's comfortable is because our brain doesn't really have to think much about it. We just drive there almost on autopilot, and our brain isn't having to think about anything new because everything's the same, right? But if I told you that there were uh, two-for-one filet mignons at a different grocery store than you usually go to, I bet you would be willing to go there for a change. I bet you would be willing to find yourself a parking spot and get yourself inside that grocery store and find your way to the filet mignons because they're two for one today, right? So in order to get our brain to move toward a necessary ending, we need both. We have to have the fear of the negative, the building's on fire, and the draw of the positive. There are two for one filet mignons on sale right? So Dr. Cloud uses this example. He said that some of us keep living in hell simply because we know the names to all the streets. Now that's, that's wild. That's, that's some way of saying that, isn't it? Some of us keep living in hell because we're familiar with it. We know how the town's laid out. We know what all the street names are. But let me tell you something, that's not a good enough reason to stay put, especially in hell. I mean, we don't want to stay stuck, right? So is God calling you to move out? I want you to picture yourself living inside this necessary ending, or actually maybe on the other side of it, let's say five years from now. Can you see it for yourself? Can you feel what it would be like to live on the other side of this? It may even have a scent to it. Can you smell it? See, sometimes it's easier for our brains to make the change when we can see that there's a better road ahead. 
it makes it easier then for us to accept it and move into it. Have you ever tried to like nag somebody into making a change? So, you know, you know it's a good change. I mean, you know, you know that the change you're suggestion suggesting will actually make their situation better. You know that it's actually what they need to be better, but it rarely works. And why is that? Have you ever stopped and thought, why is it? Why is that? It's because their brains aren't wanting the change. Your brain is. You are wanting the change for them more than they do. And that's why creating a sense of urgency around the necessary ending is, well, it's necessary. As a church right now, we are in a a necessary ending. We are getting ready to move into a new space, a new building, new territory. Now that means packing up in coming months and begin the process of moving everything we have, storage spaces, trailers, offices, every pencil, pen, stapler, copier, everything has to go to move into the new. We are in a necessary ending, and it's a totally great thing. Now, it will be hard, and it's going to require some labor, some money, some focus, some attention, but it is a good thing. But do you know that there may still be some people around thinking, well, why? Why do we have to go and move someplace different for church? I mean, this building's just been great to us. This has been a blessing to us. And my answer to them is that, yes, it absolutely certainly has been a blessing. First Baptist Church has been amazing to us and to work with. We are so grateful for every year we've been able to have a home here. But this is not our building. This is not our home. It's someone else's. So see, there's a natural ending that is coming to this season that we've been in for almost five years now. It's going to require some change and some money, and it will even mean some of us have to drive a few more miles to get to church, but it is an ending that is necessary. So to wrap up our time together today, I want to leave you with a few thoughts to think about this week. Do you need to possibly attach a deadline to an ending? Do you need to give it maybe 30 days for a turnaround? See, deadlines focus our energy like a laser. They make movement happen if they're real. But deadlines will require consequences, both good and bad, for both making the deadline and missing the deadline. We need to attach the consequences and then we need to stick to them. Creating an urgency around necessary endings is key to what happens with your time and your energy, those two forces we talked about. If stalled out is the new normal, if that's your normal now, not your new normal, just the normal, then create an urgency so that that action will be your new normal. All right, I've said enough today, so I'm going to end us in prayer, and then we're going to get to our tip of the day. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your kindness and your goodness to each of us. Lord, we love you and we ask for your grace as we are looking into these issues and situations of necessary endings that you may be bringing our way. Help us to be willing to look at it truthfully and with the reality of what it actually is. Help us make the necessary changes we need to. Give us the courage and the bravery and the heart that trust you that really trust that you are who you say you are. We love you and we thank you for the needed change that is coming our way.
We say yes, and we step into every bit of it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, you know I like to leave you with a tip of the day each episode. So here is today's tip. Don't let your social media boss you around. So what do I mean by that? Well, I think this tip goes right along with our topic of necessary endings. I wanna give you the freedom and the liberty today to learn how to use your unfollow and mute options on all of your social media accounts. It is a glorious thing and I'm not even kidding you. When I see something or maybe someone that posts something that constantly makes me feel some kind of way, sad, mad, less than, or just have some kind of negative vibe or feeling about it, I unfollow it. I know, I just unfollow. It's, it's, it's just as easy as following somebody. See, life is too short to let people on the internet steal my joy or yours. Sometimes people can be cruel and mean, It comes from a broken place. They can't even help it. Sometimes they don't even know how they're making you feel. And really and truly, it's none of their business how you feel. That's your business. So why don't we start taking responsibility and just mute them or unfollow them? You don't have to make a big announcement about it. Just take your ball and go home. What this does is it protects your peace and your heart. It's a very practical way of guarding your heart, which the book of Proverbs tells us to do. Not everyone deserves a seat at your table. The ones who are there to eat for free, they may need a necessary ending, and it will set your heart and your mind free again, I promise. All right, that's all I've got for today. Now, I hope that you've heard something on today's episode that you can take and use in your everyday world. Thank you for joining me today, and I want you to go make your life awesome.